Lucky today. When you start a puff, you will like him, sure enough. Lucky, and you will say. Better tasting, too. Fine tobacco, through and through. Lucky, far through. Take a tip from me. Like an elephant in I would really give a dime just to have another ride. Today, we're going to talk about how cigarette commercials and smoking made American entertainment great. April Fool's! I mean, that would be an interesting topic and, you know, certainly up for debate because the tobacco industry does have a lot of money. It may have had some truth to it, but not really great for American health. So let's get this show started. Train now leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Kamanga. Who is it? Jack Benny. What? J-E-L-L. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Okay. So I am not Jack Benny, but my next guest takes the time to explain some of the jokes in the Jack Benny show. Now, some comedians will say that explaining comedy isn't funny, but the barrier for many to enjoy classic comedians such as Jack Benny is it is now almost a hundred years in the past, not quite. A lot has changed. But if you look at who comedians admire, most of the greatest comedians of all time will say that Steve Martin, Mel Brooks, and Carl Reiner are comic legends. And they are. And they all like Jack Benny. They believe in his comic timing. Now, Jack's radio show, if it was updated to a podcast, probably would have been the greatest comedy podcast out there. I just get so excited on this podcast about these things. I love hearing others geek out on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome, John Henderson. Hello! Hello! How are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing great. So, you have a podcast that I really enjoy. Uh, how did you find Jack Benny? Because I, I don't believe you're old enough to have listened to him when he first came <laughs> on. Yeah. You know what? My brother heard about old-time radio shows through one of his teachers when he was, like, in grade three and I was in grade six. And uh, so we found out that they were playing them at our local talk radio station at nighttime. But the problem was it was way past our bedtime. So 
we had one of those uh, old tape decks, cassette tape decks, that you could program, and we would start to record these old radio shows and then listen to them the next day. So we got a variety of old radio shows we became familiar with, and of course, Jack Benny was the funniest. I was about to say, did was there anything that made Jack Benny stand out from like the Fred Allens or anybody else you were listening to at the time? Um, well, I'm trying to think back to when I was younger, because at that point, I feel like all old radio shows were kind of in one box, and then the more I listened to it, the more they kind of separated into different genres, like be it science fiction or suspense or comedy. And then I started to distinguish between the different comedies and started to get a taste for the the ones that I liked. So over the years, I think that Jack Benny has become a standout and I can appreciate it for the quality. Uh, uh, But when I first started out, they were all pretty much the same to me. Um, I know that I used to really like, you know, like the Armis Brooks and um, Aldridge Family, some of the old sitcom types, and then I've kind of shifted more towards the Jack Benny program. There are any others that stand out to you of old radio shows, or is it just kind of like those ones like Armis Brooks and all those? Yeah, well, I, I've got favorites in like every genre. Uh, so when it comes to science fiction, I really like science fiction in general. I'm a big Star Trek fan and, you know, Twilight Zone and stuff like that. Uh, so I really liked X minus one and Dimension X, which was pretty much the same as X minus one. And then, uh, when it comes to comedy, I really like, uh, except for, I mean, no, other than Jack Benny, I like Burns and Allen a little bit. I'm not as familiar. I listened to a lot of um, The Life of Riley when I was younger. Uh, so that one's, it's got a special place in my heart. I don't think it's as funny, but it sort of was, it was a way for me to start getting into old radio shows because it was very familiar. It's very similar to like the Flintstones or something. Uh, and here's some old radio shows that you may not have heard of, but I really enjoy. One of them is called the Damon Runyon Theater. And this is like, uh, first of all, it's the worst title ever for any old radio (laughs) show. Uh, But there was like this writer who would go on to write Guys and Dolls. And so his stories are all very like, it's like gangsters with a heart of gold or like criminals with a heart of gold. So it's really like weird and funny and then some episodes are really heartfelt it's it's just kind of this this strange mix of genres that i think really works so that's the damon runyon theater and uh, then there's a kind of a suspenseful show called i was a communist for the fbi where this guy this is like in the late 40s and they were really worried about communism so these are the stories of somebody who was pretending to be a communist, but was really an FBI agent. And so it's, you know, danger and intrigue, and he almost gets caught every episode, but then he makes it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I, knew, I know about Guys and Dolls, but 
I didn't know. Well, you should check it out. It's yeah. Really good. That sounds good. Uh, you have interviewed a couple of people on your podcast. You've interviewed uh, Joan Benny and Jack Benny's grandson. How did those interviews come about? Well, I would love to interview Joan Benny. I never interviewed her. <gasps> oh, you didn't? Oh. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. You tried. But I did interview uh, the grandson. Yeah. And this was the, the oldest grandson. So he's the one who has, at least he claims, the most memories of Jack Benny. He said he was the favorite grandson at the time. Uh, so he said that, you know, when Joan was young, mm-hmm. Jack Benny's daughter, adopted daughter, mm-hmm. she was like, you know, his sort of star. His this, had a special place in his heart. And then when he, the oldest grandson, uh, you know, was born, he became the star. And he says that Joan was always jealous of that, that, you know, if he took that special place, you know, he used to take me to go out and, and be with him on tour. And now he takes you. But I think it was all kind of a fun ribbing. But how did it come about? Uh, you know, basically, I just asked. And I've asked That's a cool. lot of people if they would like to do an interview who mm-hmm. have either not responded at all or, you know, you thought about it and then decided against it. So, you know, you just keep on asking. Right. I've gotten mixed up. I was listening to your, you've interviewed Laura, uh, Laura from Mm -hmm. the Jack Benny fan club. Um, how did you know about like all of those old, those stories that she had of like meeting Phil Harris and Dennis Day? Because like, I mean, I, most of what I did for my interview with her was like centered around kind of what you did. So it was kind of rehashing, but I came up with, came up with some original questions, but, uh, you you knew your stuff, and I was trying to find that, and I was like, oh, I don't know where that is. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how I did my research. I've got a terrible memory for things like that. <laughs> uh, and not, you know what, I'll be honest, I've got a terrible memory in general. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I what I tend to do, and so what I probably did, is, you know, just... Um, I have this great research resource. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Google. And what you do is <laughs> you just type their name in, and it just comes up with a bunch of different stuff. And if you click on things and listen to other interviews mm. and, and read articles, you can get a lot of stuff. So I'm sure that's what I did. Hmm. Is that some newfangled website? Yeah. Yeah. I used to uh, have Alta Vista, but you know, I find <laughs> Google just a little bit better. Yeah. I think I've heard of it, you know, it's an up-and-comer. What inspired this day in Jack Benny in particular? Because you kind of explain the references. How did the idea of that get started? Well, I, you know, I used to listen to old radio shows, and a reference would go by, and I wouldn't even think twice about it, you know? Like, they'd be, they'd be saying, like, oh, boy, Hope and Crosby uh, sure would like that. And I'd laugh because the audience was laughing. And I'm like, I don't know who Hope and Crosby are. Call up Bob Hope. But when I started listening, trying to get my wife to listen to the Jack Benny show, you know, when something like that would happen, she'd be like, oh, yeah, who's who's Hope and Crosby? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up for you. 
And uh, so, you know, I started, I, I didn't actually look up a lot of stuff for her, but that kind of gave me an idea. So when I kind of got an idea of doing a podcast, I thought, well, maybe I should look up those obscure references and see if I can find clips for them. Which, uh, you know, there's, there's sometimes when it's really easy, like if they're doing spoofs of a movie, then you just find that movie and find clips of that. Some of the references, though, are really obscure, and it's a lot harder to, it's harder to find out what it even means to be able to look it up. That is very true. I've experienced that myself when looking things up. What is, like, one of the most unique things that you have found when looking up references all right eastern columbia broadway at ninth they used to say that in, in several episodes and i had no idea what it was and so i kept looking it up eastern columbia broadway at ninth apparently it was like a department store so broadway is one street ninth is the other street the department store is called eastern columbia and there used to be a jingle that they would play on the radio I don't think the jingle exists anywhere, but I guess everybody at that time would have known that jingle. So when they said Eastern Columbia Broadway at night, oh, it would have been hilarious hmm. if you knew it. <laughs> so people would just laugh at that reference in a modern day. It's like, what is going yeah. on? Or here's another one. Which twin has the Tony? And when I hear Tony, I think of like the Tony Awards, which is what, like a Broadway musical award. But apparently there was a, a like hairstyling thing that you do at home that was called the, the Tony. And so they had twins. One of them would get their hair styled professionally. The other one did it at home and they had their picture side by side in the magazine. They look exactly the same. So it's like, which one had the Tony? Why spend all the money on the expensive hairstyle? <laughs> when you can do it at home for much cheaper. <laughs> Interesting. And then, of course, on the Jack Benny show, they're joking because <laughs> because Phil Harris is the twin that has the Tony. <laughs> oh, that that is funny. Um, I gotta say, one, one that is, I haven't looked up on the radio show, uh, but I've looked up on the TV show is I kept seeing this reference pop up and a couple of TV shows at the time popped up in like the Dick Van Dyke show and it's like Judge Crater and I had no idea who Judge Crater was. Uh -huh. He is a judge that went missing right before like a big mobster case and just never returned. His body's never been found. <laughs> right. Um, And so people, but people would joke about that and I told my dad this and he was like that sounds really morbid and I was like I don't know it's funny <laughs> it's also like 50 years ago <laughs> uh, so do you have any other podcasts besides this day in Jack Benny uh, I do I've got another podcast called the theater of thrills the theater of thrills Yes. What is that yes. podcast? Okay, you know, I, have you ever heard the old radio show Suspense? I have heard of it. I have not okay. listened to it. In the old radio sh show Suspense, each episode is a new story. So it's not connected to the previous one. It's not continuing characters. And they're all very suspenseful shows. 
Uh, and their slogan is, it's radio's outstanding theater of thrills. So I have a podcast called Theater of Thrills, which um, is, so it's a playoff of that. It's all the scary old radio shows. So there's a whole bunch of scary old radio shows. Uh, there's one called Inner Sanctum Mysteries. And there's like a creepy host who introduces the story. And he always does like a ridiculous pun about death, right? Um, you know, it would be something like, oh, I'm dead tired today. Just like a really cheesy pun. And then they, he would have a sidekick named Mary. And her job was sort of like the Don Wilson character on Jack Benny. Her job was to sell the product. And the product was Lipton's tea and Lipton's soup, which is like the least scary thing in the world. <laughs> so he's all like trying to be creepy. And it's sort of a little bit jokey, but... Um, but then she'll come in and say, like, oh, Raymond, that's just awful. You know, you should try some Lipton soup instead. So I always liked listening to those because they're just so <laughs> cheesy. And I remember the first time I ever listened to an old radio show. It was one of those suspense shows. And me and my sister and my brother are just laughing at how cheesy it is and how over the top it is. And then you get like two thirds of the way through the episode and you're just like sweating and gripping your seat because you don't know what's going to happen. It's so suspenseful. So, yeah. So for my Theater Thrills podcast, uh, I, I play those old radio shows. But before that, I do a bit of an introduction, sort of making fun of that, that cheesy uh, character um, who's introducing one of those scary old radio shows. <laughs> Oh my gosh, did they ever do the obvious um, poisoning of the Lipton tea? Because that would probably not be good, though, because <laughs> that's poison over there. Drink this Lipton tea. It's not poisoned. <laughs> Give away the ending. It's not poisoned. This, this isn't. This isn't. That is. <laughs> Actually, you know, I have another podcast as well, although it's not old radio show related. Okay. And it's a little bit more sporadic. I do it when I've got a little bit of extra time. Uh -huh. And it's called Star Trek Kids because I have four kids and I love Star Trek. And so I, I've been making like these uh, kids storybook versions of Star Trek episodes. Uh, so they're like maybe like three minutes. And uh, I've been playing them for my kids on their iPods as like bedtime stories but I, I couldn't get motivated to actually keep doing it every week. So I'm like, well, maybe if I start a podcast, I can do it more frequently. So I've been doing that where I'll talk about the episode with my wife and whether it's appropriate for kids and then play the little little uh, storybook version of the Star Trek episode and interview the kids and see what they think about it. So that's another one. Just a, it's kind of a fun side project. Aw, cute. How are you passing on Jack Benny to your kids? Well, I would say that I'm passing it on by doing the podcast so that it can be accessible to them when they're old enough to listen. At this point, my oldest is eight, so she's just barely old enough to, like, enjoy it. I don't want to do it too soon where they think, oh, Jack Benny is boring. I'm never going to listen to that again. Like, yeah. When they're ready. Yeah. I, it's a fine line for, like, when this is, like, too soon or like, too late, and it's like, oh, that's not cool, Dad. That's old. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have started to play some 
other old radio shows to get them used to like listening to old things. Mm-hmm. Like there's, um, I think it might be Screen Actors Guild, but one of those shows that that kind of recreates movies. They did The Wizard of Oz, so I played that for them, and they enjoyed that. Oh, that's nice. Well, I, I wonder, you know, about introducing it to kids. How young were you when you first heard old radio shows? I was in, I think, I was in high school. I don't remember how old I was. Um... Yeah, but I was kind of unusual. I was like, this is really funny. And everybody else was like, that sounds really old. I don't yeah. really want to listen to <laughs> it. <laughs> so I was alone. But, you know. it. Well, maybe high school might be the sweet spot. I think I was in high school, maybe junior high when I first heard it myself. Yeah. Junior high. Mm, it, maybe at the end of junior high, because, like, yeah. I feel like the junior high years is when you're too cool for, like, everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, kids are too cool for Disney, and, like, then they turn into 20-year-olds that, like, sing Disney all the time. It's, like, right. you're too cool for school when you're in middle school. So you um have studied broadcasting. Did that... Um, did you do radio when you were in school? I did, yeah. I did a two-year course at my local college, and the first year was radio, and the second year was television. Did you have fun with that? I did. This was like sort of the, the cusp of a change in technology. So we were the last class that learned how to splice reel to reel tape. Oh, Wow. Yeah, like, so you literally take the tape, the audio tape, you cut it with, like, a straight razor, and then you uh, cut the other end where you want the edit to be, bring those two ends together, and put a piece of tape on it. Wow. serious business. Wow. I really want to learn that, but at the same time, like, you would have to have multiple copies of the... I I feel like you would have to have multiple copies of what you wanted not as forgiving as uh, editing on a computer right exactly well here's another trick i learned in broadcasting school and this is for like if you're doing uh, a live dj broadcast um but of course you've got a record player because what dj doesn't have a record player uh-huh. <laughs> what you do is you you while off the air while the other song is playing you find the very beginning of the song that you want and then you turn it backwards a quarter turn so that when you press play, the turn- turntable doesn't go, it'll just, it'll give you that extra space so that it starts at full speed. Nice. These are the great things that we learned in broadcasting school. Very useful for a <laughs> modern broadcaster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my school, I'm, I also was not in broadcasting, but I did, like, the multimedia journalism program, and, I mean, I won't say that it was not great, because we did learn, like, what was going on in the business, but they were kind of still stuck in, uh, print, so that was, uh, that was interesting, like, they were trying to switch things over, for us 
and that it I feel like I was in the class that kind of like got the shift of that because we didn't learn what our freshman the freshman class learned and we didn't but we were still a little bit ahead of um like the graduating class so right uh, I wonder, did you have, like, a, a newsroom where every morning you came and you had to, like, pitch stories? The school newspaper was optional. Like, it was weird because we, it, like, it, it didn't work like a newsroom situation because it was sort of like uh, your normal college. You still had to get your core classes, and so they would ex they would expect you to basically function as a journalist without having the day to like do your story so you would have to go to class and then like the next day you were kind of expected to just have your story and that doesn't always work when you don't have time to do that yeah it's interesting i was never really serious about being a news person but there were certain required courses sort of like introduction to news and things like that uh, so I kind of just, I kind of skated through those. There were some people who were like really serious about it. So for example, uh, we were told to, you know, we were given uh, cameras that we could use and we were told to make a, a news broadcast and, um, here's the newspaper. You can write whatever stories you want. And so I did my broadcast and I was very professional sounding and mm -hmm. I think I did my delivery pretty well, but all of my news articles were jokes. Like they all had a punchline. I didn't take the actual <laughs> content very seriously. Oh, but I had a lot of fun. Right. See, that's what I wanted to kind of do. Um, because I was in multimedia and I, Feel like I didn't really get a lot of TV practice, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Um, more chances to direct and stuff, um, but they didn't really have a clear cut path for that. So, w the one opportunity that I did get to do it, I got paired with this older guy who I, we were all assigned to just like do like read a couple newscasts, sort of like an anchor, and he was the only one, he was like, I'll, I'll select the stories, I'll write, I'll write them, and I was kind of miffed, because that's like the one thing I wanted to do. So he selects them, and he's the only one that chose, like, they were kind of funny, but they were actual news stories. Yeah. And like, everybody else wrote, like, a Colbert kind of version of, like, the Colbert Report type. So it's yeah. like, I was like, oh, and I just looked off awkward and awful, and that's when I decided I am not going to be on camera unless I am joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll be behind the scenes. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you uh, get interested in broadcasting? You know what, I don't think that I'm interested in Jack Benny because I took broadcasting. I think I was interested in broadcasting because I liked Jack Benny and old radio shows and, and comedy in general, you know, that, that sort of thing. Although I guess comedy is not necessarily, you know, you don't necessarily think broadcasting when you think comedy. Um, but I, that's sort of how I thought of it. I thought of like, you know, performance. Oh, I like to mm -hmm. perform. I'll, I'll try broadcasting. Um, 
that's kind oh, of what I yeah. thought as well. You're not yeah. alone in that, but I feel I feel like um not like I was disappointed because but I felt like most people did not see that at all. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, it's kind of performing. I I went more to learn like video skills and stuff like that and some somehow I ended up writing, which I love writing, but I'm not writing like comedy jokes. Yeah, although when I think that reminds me when I think of like, you know, another reason that I got into broadcasting and video skills before I was ever doing broadcasting, I was making a lot of movies at home just for fun to entertain my family and things like that, spoofs of shows and things like that. But the only way to edit was to have two VCRs and I would play it on one VCR and then hit record at the right time on the other VCR to make the right edit so that I could also overdub sound. You know, I was just fooling around and playing and, and things like that. But I think that you do learn a lot of skills that you don't even notice you're learning when you're just fooling around. Agreed. I wish I had more time to fool around with videos and stuff. I was always messing around with a camera, but now anybody can, like, iPhones have made it super easy for anyone to be a photographer. Yeah. Uh, I, go ahead. You know, I, I was just going to say, I uh, listened to uh, the previous episode of the podcast where you talked about Steve Martin, and I was really excited because I'm also a huge Steve Martin fan. <laughs> when I got married, uh, I didn't have any pictures of my family, like, up on the walls or anything like that. But I had on my nightstand a signed photo of like 70 Steve Martin. And my wife was like, Why do you have a photo of Steve Martin but no family pictures? <laughs> so that, since that time, that, that photo's gone in storage. And, Aww. You know, we've got pictures of like our kids on the wall. What? <laughs> ha. Yeah. I'm surprised. Did you listen to the whole thing? I did, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was like one of the longest podcasts I think I've done. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the great thing about podcasts is you can do other things while you listen. You this know, is true. At work or driving or doing chores and stuff like that. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so a long podcast doesn't intimidate me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, uh, or seemingly, enjoy it. seemingly okay, enjoyed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you could bring just one cast member from the Jack Benny show, and it couldn't be Jack, who would you want to interview? Phil Harris. Phil Harris? That's I a find good Phil choice. Harris hilarious. <laughs> and, like, it's sort of the thing where it's like, you can't tell whether he's putting it on or, like, that's the way that he really is. <laughs> from what I've heard, he is sort of like that, but maybe not as much. You know, I mean, just like, the fact that he's always on and telling these cheesy jokes and like the 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 idea of like him being sort of a a, la a ladies man but then also it's sort of like buffoonery like it's you can't even describe Phil Harris if you haven't heard it and uh, plus he also did some voices in like you know Disney movies and stuff like that so that'd be fun to talk to him <laughs> that's true he did do a lot of Disney voices Oh, I can't. I'm spacing right now which ones he did. Did he did... His most famous is Blue the Bear from the Jungle okay. Book. 
But what? he's also Little John in the, the Fox what? Robin Hood one. Was he in the Aristocats? Yes. That is like a character that's sort of, I think, modeled after Phil Harris. It's O'Malley the... Uh, the Alley Cat. Yeah. Cat. Yeah. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Actually, Dennis Day did a couple of voices for Disney as well, but they were more in the shorts as opposed to the features. Like, uh, he did uh, uh, Johnny Appleseed, where he sang and, and he played Johnny Appleseed and, of course, did his old man voice, too. Yeah. I have not heard that one before. You, yeah, you should watch it. It's a cartoon, so... Mm -hmm. I know Mel, Mel Blanc did a bunch for um, um, Looney Tunes. Did he ever do any um, Disney voices that you know? You know what, I think after he did Looney Tunes, he went to Hanna-Barbera. So oh, he's right. in a bunch of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Like, he's uh, Barney Rubble. Uh-huh. And, you know, if you listen to, or if you watch a bunch of, like, uh, Saturday morning cartoons, you'll hear his voice in there every once in a oh, while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Man of a Thousand Voices. So great. There's a cartoon that I used to watch when I was a kid, and I had no idea it was Mel Blanc until I put it in for my kids. And uh, it's called Heathcliff. Do you ever watch Heathcliff? Um, no. Listen, I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best cartoon. It's from the 80s. Uh -huh. uh, but, but watching it again, it's so interesting to hear his voice because it's, you know, that classic Mel Blanc. But he's also a lot older by that point. So it's it its own sort of character. Hmm. That's interesting. Wow. Learning a lot about, like, audio right now. I'm trying to set up an interview with a voice actor for Doctor Who. I know you're a fan of sci-fi. Are you a fan of Doctor Who? I've never seen Doctor Who. What? Wait, Doctor Who? Yeah. Uh, no, never heard of it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I... I, here's the reason I've never started Doctor Who. Uh -huh. It has such a long history, and I'm such a completist that I would have yeah. to watch every single Doctor Who episode, and I don't have time. <laughs> right. I think that is what appealed to me, is uh, it's a, like, once you, once you finish, like, Star Wars or whatever, you've, mm -hmm. kind, you've kind of finished Star Wars, um... And once you've finished, I, I, I have, like, obsessions, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I have to listen to them all, watch them all, watch all the episodes, but then once that's done, um, it's kind of like, okay, thus dies my ador adoration, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but when you have audio drama, and you have the TV show, and the books, and it's 50 years of that, it's crazy so i was like this is a fandom that will never die my <laughs> well for the audience out there i'm sure they're all dying to know who is your favorite doctor oh you know i my favorite doctor is not a doctor that many people like i like Number of the classic series, I like number seven, uh, Sylvester McCoy, and then the 
that's when Doctor Who was canceled after him. And so people don't like that's him. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you listen, if you watch the what scripts they gave him and the costumes and everything, you could tell the BBC did not care about the show anymore and was just trying to get it canceled. He was a very talented performer. He just was. He just couldn't keep a, keep it alive, and um. But I also like number twelve. I love Peter Capaldi. Uh, is that a is that a new one or yeah? A he's one? a new one. He okay. um now the Doctor is a woman. I haven't watched any of hers um because mostly because they they don't really. I don't have BBC America and they don't have it on Netflix anymore. So. Not really much of a chance I'll get to see that, but Peter Capaldi, um, is, he was also in, um, uh, not in anything really here, but, uh, have you watched Craig Ferguson? I have not watched a lot of Craig Ferguson. I've only seen him here and there. Yeah, he, I was obsessed with Craig Ferguson when I was in high school, and he, was in a band with Craig Ferguson. And when it was announced who the next Doctor was, and it was Peter Capaldi, I looked at him, and I immediately, I don't know why, I just googled uh, Craig Ferguson, Peter Capaldi, and then I was like, oh my gosh, these two tripped acid together! (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who would be a good Doctor? Craig Ferguson. Oh my gosh, he definitely wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I let's, think. Let's, let me I, ask you something about Doctor Who okay. that I've always wondered. Okay. Uh, when you know they re- they did a, the new series, you know, here in the two thousands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that a continuation of the original series? Just like, oh, he's been regenerated again, or is this like a reboot? It is a continuation. Um, but they do kind of act like it's never, like, it, the classic never happened. But, I mean, they definitely acknowledge it at points. But, um, there's been a movie that, for the 50th anniversary, that kind of bridges the gap. So there's technically a... Doctor 8.5, if you will. <laughs> so, um, there's, there was a middle doctor called, like, I, I don't know if you've heard of the whole saga here, but it, there was a middle doctor between 8 and 9 that was called the War Doctor that kind of bridges the gap because there was a movie in the 80s that had the 8th Doctor. I think it was the 80s. 80s, early 90s, something like that. And uh, Paul McGann was there. But then you don't really know what happens, and then you kind of get a sense in the new series that something really dark happened because Gallifrey, his home planet, is no longer in existence. So you don't know what happened. So there was a... The 50th anniversary kind of expands on what happened. Well, I do like a lot of continuity, and I also like... 
Uh, oh, if you like continuity, um, <laughs> Doctor Who is not your not your show. There's so many continuity errors. It's it's <laughs> it's a fifty year show, and what I what I uh, you'll hear this from people that blame the author, and uh, I can't say that I blame Stephen Moffat, but. Stephen Moffat is kind of of the uh, opinion. Sorry, you you don't know anything about Doctor Who, but <laughs> um, Stephen Moffat is of the opinion that uh, it will you you do a show and the audience fills in the rest that fills in the continuity errors and. That is true until you mess with it so much that what people have invented in their minds does not e explain it anymore. You're kind right. of ruining what people explain, how they explained it to themselves. So right. it's uh, it's a long show with a lot of that. <laughs> so of all the pop culture things that you've you know been exploring, TV shows, radio shows, everything like that, what are the oldest things that you've seen but also enjoyed? I mean, Jack Benny is pretty far. I mean, unless we're talking, like, books, but, um... No, books don't count. Yeah, books don't books. count. <laughs> um... That's, see, that's real culture, not pop culture. Right. Um... Vaudeville, old vaudeville tapes that are still surviving. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I've recently kind of gotten into that because, uh, I kind of came up with an idea and I don't really know how to sync it yet, but I'd like to have a show about vaudeville, but I don't know if it would fly this concept that I have. I haven't, it's kind of in its very baby steps. So I've kind of been looking at, at classic vaudeville. And I was looking at Frank Fay, who inspired Jack Benny. Um, many people say that he modeled pretty much his whole act after Frank Fay, but Frank Fay was not a very likable person. Uh -huh. So Jack took the unlikable personality, but was act actually a nice person. Uh -huh. <laughs> so. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of the comedy in Jack Benny is the fact that deep down inside, he is the kind of person who nobody would like. He's cheap, he's selfish, mm -hmm. vain, everything like that. But then he also wants to keep up appearances. So he's always fighting between what he really wants deep inside and what other people would think of him. And I think people can relate to that struggle of like, boy, you know, I don't, I don't know what people would think of me, but I, you know, I'm really selfish or cheap or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason that Jack Benny is so funny. That and his reactions to like the ridiculous things that other people do. Right. It's, it's kind of the internal struggle of everyone. And it's also the, the, his own flaws competing with each other. Like, you know, you're, sort of like your money or your life like or no not that one there was oh there was one with uh groucho marx and 
how old is Jack Benny really? And it's against his arrogance and his uh, <laughs> will and, oh, and money. You can't win the money if you don't say your age, but he, he's <laughs> unwilling to admit his yeah. his age, so loses. And I, I think that's the first time you ever really see him turn down uh, um, turn down that much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, it's so good. So do you have favorite sci-fi shows? Um, I know you're a Star Trek fan. Do you listen or watch any uh, sci-fi? Uh, well, I don't know if you've ever seen the original Twilight Zone. Have you ever seen that? Some. Not very many. Okay. Well, The Twilight Zone is also the kind of show, it's like an anthology where each episode is its own story. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's always a twist at the end. Or at least there's usually a twist at the end. And uh, half of the time there's also like some sort of commentary on like the world. And, you know, at the time in the 50s, they were thinking about a lot of things like the bomb and stuff like that. So it's really well made, especially for the time. And I always, whenever there's like a twist ending, I was always like, whoa! <laughs> so I love, you know, watching The Twilight Zone for that. Um, yeah, so I really like uh, that. Uh, Star Wars, of course, everybody likes Star Wars in the world. Well, some Star Trek fans don't like or say they don't like Star Wars. Well, I'm the kind of Star Trek fan that also likes Star Wars. That's good, because we'd, we'd disagree if... <laughs> Be like Star Wars, no. First love, anyway. <laughs> well, I listen to a podcast. I mentioned that I listen to a lot of podcasts mm -hmm. uh, called Star Wars Minute. I don't know if you've heard of it, but mm -mm. every day they discuss for half an hour one minute of a Star Wars movie. For an hour, they discuss one minute. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally, whoa, they'll have so long. They could go through them all and just have so much. They've been doing it for years. I've caught up on most of the back catalog. Oh. I've already done all of the original movies and all of the prequels, and now they're right in the middle of The Force Awakens. And then, okay, so... If they ever do get done, what are they going to discuss? Are they going to start discussing, like, one page of, like, Star Wars books? Are they going <laughs> to, like, do interviews? Like, I mean... I think, I think they're hoping that Disney keeps making the movies so they'll never oh, run out. jeez. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think they will be able to run out, but... Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That is a new concept for me. I will... Have to see if I can be fully entertained for an hour on one minute of Star Wars. Because yeah. I, I, I love Star Wars, but I don't know if I love it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, rapid fire questions. Okay. Favorite Saturday Night Live performer? Well, do you count, like, cast members only or also guests? You can do both. Alright, well... Uh, I think if you're talking original run, Chevy Chase. Now, I knew Chevy Chase from the 90s when I was growing up, and I did not think he was funny at all. But if you watch Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live, it is hilarious. Just like the little 
goofy looks he gives to the camera and the pratfalls. Mm-hmm. He is hilarious on that. And then, of course, when he left, Bill Murray took over. And Bill Murray is just about as good. So I would say those are my favorites. Gotcha. Members. And, of course, Steve Martin was on all the time in the 70s. So yes. love Steve Martin. I thought when I was younger, I used to think that Steve Martin was a cast member until I learned that, I think I was a teenager when I learned he was, nope, he was just on that much. I was like, oh, okay. He's basically a cast member. He should have been honorary cast member. Totally. They also did this thing uh, where they were filmed segments with Albert Brooks, and those are also hilarious. <laughs> and Andy Kaufman. Oh, man. I have Can not watched. I have not watched a lot of Andy Kaufman, and I oh. know that is a that is so on me because I need to watch Kaufman. Kaufman is a comedic legend, so I need to do that. Now, there's some people like my wife hate Andy Kaufman. She's like, I don't get it. If anything, he's mean or he's just like, just like weird. Because his sort of comedy is this sort of like meta comedy. It's like the absurdity of comedy itself. You can't describe it. You got to check it out, especially his Saturday Night Live stuff, because that's kind of like you just little snippets. So it's it's easy to Pinnacle understand of, yeah. and digest in it. Yeah. yeah. Good advice. It gets a little more off the rails the, the deeper you go into Andy Kaufman. Oh, I, I've I've heard. I've listened to uh, the Carson podcast. Have you ever heard of that? Not the podcast, no. He it's done it's done by Mark Malkoff and he focuses on Johnny Carson, his guest, and so he just wants to interview anyone and everyone that was ever involved or was pretty much ever a guest on the on the Tonight Show. And he's gotten some people talking about in in Kaufman. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy sounds either, like, I, I have a feeling he's uh, either really funny to you or he's just so zany that you just don't, don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'll give you some more comedy recommendations that if you haven't checked out, you got to check out, okay? Alrighty. Uh, have you seen the Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner uh, segments, The 2,000-Year-Old Man? Okay. No. Yes and no. I have <laughs> read, I have read, I have read the scripts. Uh-huh. I have not listened to all of the audio. I've listened to... Maybe like a segment before. And I am obsessed with both Mel Brooks and Colt Reiner. And I love listening to interviews with them. But I feel like I've put it off just because I want something to savor. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think the, 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 the pinnacle of that was the very first album. They put an album out. And you can tell that it is all just improvised. Like, Carl Reiner is great at setting him up, mm-hmm. and Mel Brooks is great at improvising it. It's, it's hilarious. I mean, yeah. I know all the backstory with it, too, because I know that they started just kind of, like, performing it and doing it at parties. And uh, I believe multiple celebrities told him, like, even Cary Grant, 
basically said, you need to put this out. And then there were other people that's like right. comedians that said, if you don't do this, I will steal it. <laughs> so okay. th that's when they decided to put it out. Um, so if you're a, a Steve Martin fan, you've probably seen the movie Sergeant Bilko. No. Oh, what? I know. I'm just disappointing today. Have you? Because <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, that's, that's a great movie in itself. But actually, the TV show that that movie is based off of is also Phil hilarious. Silvers. Yeah, the Phil Silvers mm -hmm. show. Have you seen that one? Um, I have a little bit, but I haven't really seen it a lot because I haven't seen a lot available. Right. Well, I was, I was, uh, well, in the old days, they used to have DVDs on sale. And so <laughs> when that came out, I, you know, I saw it. I'm like, oh, Sergeant Bilko, just like uh, the Steve Martin thing. So I picked it up and it takes a couple of episodes to sort of get it. But mm -hmm. once you do, it's, it's hilarious. That reminds me. So you asked me earlier, how, when did I start listening to Jack Benny? Um, I listened after I watched the TV show, but it wasn't like on TV or anything. I was, I mean, I love Conan. I love late night TV. I said I was obsessed with uh, Craig Ferguson. And so I know that they all love Johnny. So, of course, Johnny loved Jack Benny. So I was just looking for clips of Johnny. And I bought a DVD set that had Johnny and Friends. And it had George Burns. And it had Jack Benny. And then I started hearing more and more about comedians that absolutely idolized Jack Benny. So right. I had to listen to who all my favorite comedians idolized. Go yeah. back to the original. Definitely. So, uh, let me tell you some of my favorite Jack Benny episodes. Yes! So, uh, you know, look these up, listen to them, because they are hilarious, alright? My very favorite one is usually titled, these titles are all made up, so they, they don't have an official title, but it's uh, usually titled uh, costume party and Jack Benny is uh, being pranked by Dennis Day because Dennis Day does an impression of a celebrity uh, his name is Ronald Coleman oh so he's doing this Ronald yeah. Coleman impression and he says Jack come on over I, I'm having a, a party it's uh -huh. a costume party so Jack gets a costume and uh, his girlfriend gets a costume, and he shows up at their house, and they're just ready to go to bed. And they they think that they're, you know, he, they're going to a costume party. And so the reactions from Ronald Coleman and just the <laughs> fool of himself that Jack makes as a hilarious episode. And that's that's on TV? No, that, sorry, that, that one's on the uh, radio show. A okay. radio episode. Yeah, okay. I'm much less familiar with the television episodes. Yeah, um, yeah. I got the set of uh, the um, Lost episodes that they came out with uh, a few years ago. So I've seen those ones, uh, but I haven't seen a lot beyond that. They just came out with a DVD set that has, like, practically the entire collection of Jack Benny. But really? It's gonna take, uh, yeah, I it's need gonna that. It's going to take a couple of years for me to save up my money in the vault <laughs> to purchase that one. How much is it? 
Well, they've got two levels. You can either pay $100 or $200. But if I buy the $100 one, then, uh, you know, I can't then upgrade to the $200 ones. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta buy it all at once. Yeah. I also gotta, like, feed my children and send them to school. What a drag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, do you ever watch the Jack Benny show? Do you get it on, like, uh, I think it's on Antenna. Yeah, I don't have it on any of the channels that I get on television. Oh, you're in, you're in Canada, aren't you? That's right, yeah. So no fun, no fun there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could watch them on YouTube and stuff, but I haven't done that. Yeah. There's, um, I haven't looked up a lot of Jack on YouTube, but there's a lot of George Burns and Gracie Allen on YouTube. hmm So, good resource if you're looking for classic radio comedians TV shows. <laughs> uh, so, back to the rapid fire questions. We got sidetrack that was not rapid fire (laughs) (laughs) that's the least rapid fire question i've ever heard favorite comedian who isn't benny um you know what i as far as stand-up comedians i really like um bob newhart Mm -hmm. and of course jerry seinfeld if we're talking comedians just like in general sitcom comedians um i'm a big fan of uh there's an obscure tv show that andy richter did uh when he wasn't on conan andy richter controls the universe and that i was obsessed with that when i was oh my gosh what i did not know this existed i need to look it up right now yeah and go how many episodes are there one season ah amazing this this needs to happen i found what i'm gonna try to binge if i can find it on youtube or something andy richter controls the universe yeah oh my gosh that is definitely what i need to do tonight yeah i also really like larry david as far as non-stand-up comedians non didn't he do stand-up he might have done it once he said he tells a story about how he did stand up and the audience wasn't really with them and he's like oh forget this and he just walked off the stage yeah yep (laughs) Uh, I feel like I may have done that once. Eh. It's fun. Rapid fire. (laughs) Rapid fire! Uh, do you have a favorite Star Trek character? Oh, that's harder. Uh, uh, because I love them all so much. Um, you know what? I, I really like the Star Trek The Next Generation character, William Riker. Because he is, uh, he's quite a character. He's such a cheese ball, <laughs> and so it's so it's so interesting to see the way that he reacts to all these crazy space situations. Hmm. Once I watch more Star Trek, I need to uh, hit you up again, and we will, we shall do another geeking out of Star Trek. I'm sure that would. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Do you have? A favorite Hitchcock movie? I do. Uh, I'll give you my very favorite first, but my runner-up is very close. My very favorite is Dial M for Murder. Uh, Originally, it was made in 3D, but I've got it on DVD. It's just in the regular 2D. 
but it's it's great. It's very suspenseful and uh, it's an interesting plot. And my second favorite is Rope. And this is where he basically took a stage play, like a suspenseful stage mm-hmm. play, and filmed it in one solid shot, except for the fact that the camera needed to be reloaded. So a lot of times they're like, zoom in on somebody's back, reload the camera, and then you know come out from their back to, nice. to hide that it's not one shot. Nice. That's one way to get around it. Yeah. It's good. Oh. I don't know what my favorite would be. Probably rear... Window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite. I also really like uh, Psycho, mm-hmm. and uh, they made a sequel in the eighties, Psycho Two. It's really interesting in the beginning. It gets a bit, um, <laughs> a bit creepy at the end, but uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's sort of a good uh, sequel. Nice. I probably will not watch it because Psycho <laughs> Psycho is a little. Little too uh, thrilling for me. I'm not a big, ho- I I I mean, it's not horror, but scary. I'm not I'm, a big horror fan either. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not into getting scared. Yeah. Um. So, final question: What does Jack Benny mean to you? You know, when I think about what I like about the Jack Benny show, it's not even Jack Benny himself. It's Phil Harris and Dennis Day and Rochester and Mary Livingston and the writers. It's the Jack Benny program. And when I listen to the Jack Benny program, they're having so much fun that I have fun along with them. Some of the jokes aren't even that funny, but just like the joy that goes with them makes me laugh and have a good time. So, you know, it's great to be able to Put your problems aside and just listen to some good old time radio. I agree with that sentiment. You know, sometimes there's some shows that are like comfort food, not because they're necessarily funny, but you kind of always leave with a smile. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't always make you laugh, but you always are smiling at the end. So I I agree with that. And, like, the characters in the Jack Benny show are so fleshed out that there's things that normally wouldn't be funny, but the more you listen to it, the more you see how it fits in with their character and the funnier it actually laugh-out-loud gets. Mm, It's true. Okay, so you have the Star Trek podcast, you have the, the theater what was it called Theater again? Thrills. Yeah. Theater Thrills. And you have this day in Jack Benny. Um, have do, do you have, like, any of this on, like, a website or anything? I do have a website for the Jack Benny one, which is the main one that I would want people to go to. I've got websites for the other ones, but mm-hmm. but the Jack Benny one is the one that I've spent the most time sort of categorizing so that it's easy to find the episodes and things like that. Otherwise... Like, you might as well just go into your podcast feed to look at the old episodes. Yeah. So, that is thisdaybenny.com. Nice. Okay. Um, so, I am out of questions. Is there any questions that you wished I'd ask? Um, you know what? I, I would like to, just because I enjoy the Jack Benny show so much, I'd like to maybe mention another one of my favorite 
episodes or uh, moments of the Jack Benny show. Because uh, I, you know, it, it just reminded me we were talking about uh, how the characters are so fleshed out, and we know that uh, like Jack Benny is cheap and uh, he's vain. Like he wears, he supposedly wears a toupee, and uh, Phil Harris is you know always drinking and partying, and uh, Don Wilson is overweight, and you know all that stuff. So. At one point, uh, Don Wilson says to Jack Benny, you know, you don't appreciate me. The only reason you're successful is because you've been making fat jokes at me for the last 20 years or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Jack says, oh, you think you think that you're the reason for my success? I could drop you in a minute. And then Phil Harris comes in and he says, no, I think he's right. Uh, but it's not just Don. It's me, too. We all sacrifice for the characters that you've put on us, do you think I like to drink? <laughs> Just knowing Phil Harris and his character and hearing him say that, oh, I was rolling on the floor laughing. So. <laughs> do you think I like to drink? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It was lots of fun. Loads of fun. We have to do this again sometime. Sure. All right. Star Trek. Woo! <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> As John said, This Day in Jack Benny has its own website. And he has a Twitter handle for the podcast. And I honestly love his Twitter. I did figure out why I was confused about the whole Joan Benny interview. I had been immersing myself in Jack Benny in preparation for this interview, and I starred an interview by Mark Malkoff that I wanted to listen to. Once again, Mark Malkoff making my podcast. Honestly, because the guy has had so many people he's interviewed that are classics that he's amazing. And honestly, he was the first podcast I ever listened to, which is why he was my first guest. I'm so glad he was. I support him on Patreon. And John has a Patreon as well. So you can support the podcast there. Patreon is a great place to support artists. And people that make some of your favorite content. This isn't a plug for Patreon. Because I honestly don't have a Patreon. Been thinking about getting one. Don't know if anybody would be interested in that at all. I am on Anchor, though, and Anchor does have a listener support to it. Uh, I'm not sure how it is used because I haven't really encountered people that have really put that to use. But I do have that link available on my Anchor. Hello! Please leave a review, a rating, a message, just whatever you can on whatever app you're using to listen to this it really helps i know from personal experience and i really thank you for listening i may not have a large audience because well loving the classics is kind of a niche thing but i don't want these classics to die out and that is why i need your help please like and share
We're a little late, so good night, folks. This has been a Hope Sears presentation, darling.